0: Hey Rocketeers, this is Greg Webb, your host. Before we get started with today's episode, I want you to know that today is part two of Argentina and the Treasure of Captain Drake. So if you have not yet listened to part one, I suggest you go back and listen to it, even if you've already heard it. Now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Previously, on part one of Argentina and the Treasure of Captain Drake, Grandpa, Sawyer, Susie, and Dante reached the coast of Argentina, where Captain Drake and his men were waiting for them to deliver the magical camera. Susie was still trying to figure out how to unfreeze her brother, left with nothing but this clue. "'With a flash of light, your limbs will seize. Salt from the earth will thaw the freeze.' Grandpa and the twins set out to break the tillers of Captain Drake's three ships that are anchored in the harbor. If they break the tillers, the ships won't be able to steer, and Captain Drake won't be able to get away with all that stolen treasure. His ships are lined up in a row, with the captain's black ship out in front, a shorter brown ship in the middle, and a tall green ship in the back. Dante went to the black ship to try to confront the captain, while Grandpa and the twins finished up breaking the tillers of the other two ships. But while working on the tiller of the green ship, they were caught, and the entire crew, including Captain Drake, was alerted to the intruders. And now for part two. (laughs) Ha <laughs> We got him! We got him!" shouted one of the crewmates on the green ship's deck. The curly-haired man hoisted a heavy net up into the air for all the crew to see. Swinging in the net, Susie and Grandpa looked out, terrified, as mobs of black feather henchmen ran over to their ship to see them. The crew whistled and cheered as the net was hoisted high above their heads. Lower them so I can get a good look, you squid-brains," bellowed a voice. A hush fell over the excited mob as the men started clearing a path for their captain. Scrambling to obey his temperamental captain, the curly-haired mate lowered the net so that it dangled just a few feet off the deck. Susie and Grandpa pressed their faces into an opening in the net to see who was approaching. The crew chanted. Ho, ho, then stomped twice over and over. Ho, 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 ho. High boots, completely covered in silver, gold, and bronze coins jingled across the deck. A coat and trousers, long and sweeping, were also layered with coins, some shiny and new, others dull and stained all clinked together like chimes as the captain walked. Susie gasped when she finally saw the man's face. He had stern, narrow features with a small thin mustache and a curled goatee. Big brass coins served as gauge earrings that twinkled in his stretched earlobes. And a big gold Spanish doubloon was worn as his eye patch. Susie also noted that his coin-covered pirate's cap sported a long, black feather. There was something familiar about him. With an obnoxious squawk, a well-fed black crow swooped in from the sails and perched on the captain's shoulder, making his coat jingle. The captain stopped a few feet from the net and held his hand up to hush his crew. He noticed Susie looking over all of his coins. It's hard not to look at him, isn't it? Captain Drake said with a playful grin. He casually stepped closer to the net and ran his ring-covered hand along the arm of his coat, making the attached coins flip back and forth. I've collected them from all over the world. See, this one, he held a rusty one by his bicep, is from the Roman Empire, a couple hundred B.C., "'That's Julius Caesar on there. "'He was one of the most powerful men in the world. "'A true conqueror. "'A ruthless dictator,' Grandpa added. "'To some, maybe,' the captain sneered. "'But success always comes at a cost.' "'Sir?' "'The curly-haired mate cleared his throat nervously.' This frozen boy was found with them along with this chair thingy he pointed to Sawyer and Grandpa's wheelchair that stood at the edge of the deck. The captain's eye lit up. You brought it the camera it's here. Susie nodded irritably. It's here. The captain laughed. You brought me one of the greatest treasures on earth, and even threw it a gift. He strutted over and stroked the slick, futuristic wheelchair. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Then he chuckled at the sight of Sawyer and gave his head a little pat. (laughs) Don't touch them, Grandpa growled. "'What are you going to do, shout at me?' the captain said, pacing. The crewmates laughed. "'No, we'll sink your treasure,' Susie yelled. A mocking, oo swept over the crew. With a jingle of coins, the captain whirled around and walked back over to her. "'You are going to sink my treasure?' The captain's face darkened. Nobody touches my treasure, lassie. Not even these fools. He threw a pointing finger back at his crew, and they jumped. Susie could see her reflection in the captain's coin eyepatch as he leaned in close with a cocky smirk. What is a little girl and a crusty old man doing bringing me the camera of lost time, eh? "'We're Globetrotters, and we were sent here to stop you,' Susie barked. "'Those artifacts that you've stolen don't belong to you. "'They belong to the Globetrotter Society.' "'A genuine look of surprise crossed the Captain's face. "'The Globetrotter Society?' he chuckled. "'I thought I did away with that lot a long, long time ago. "'They sent you to stop me?' Well, no, not exactly. Susie clarified. It might be more accurate to say the globe sent us. You two are globe trotters, the two of you, and I'm assuming that pitiful frozen lad over there traveled the world using a globe. Susie nodded, and Captain Drake burst into fitful laughter. <laughs> Ah! The crew followed suit, not sure what exactly they were supposed to be laughing at. "'You got a problem with that, bub?' Grandpa said. "'I do, actually,' the captain said, composing himself. "'You see, apart from collecting treasure from every inch of this planet, "'my other favorite thing to do is take down pathetic globe trotters like yourself.'" Those who try to undermine my operation using globe magic. Though I know how pesky and needy the globes can be. And I'm sure you feel that your cause is noble and righteous. But trust me when I tell you, mates, you are only a slave to its requests. You're wrong, Grandpa snarled. The globes bring balance to the world. They protect it from evil like you. Evil? The captain laughed. You know nothing of evil, old man. I've seen evil across the world, across time that'll make your hairs curl. No, I, Captain Drake, like the great Caesar, am merely a conqueror, laying claim to what's rightfully mine. He nodded to the curly-haired mate. Take the boy and chair down to the hole. They'll be a nice addition to my collection. And these two? The curly-haired man nodded to the net. Take him for a swim. The crew cheered and started their ho, ho, stomp, stomp chant. Ho, ho, stomp, stomp. Ho, ho, stomp, stomp. Susie's eyes widened as the man pulled the net over the side of the ship so that all that was beneath them were dark green waves. Grandpa, what do we do? I'm thinking, Grandpa shouted, frantically feeling through his pockets for anything they could use. Being crumpled up in a net was starting to make his back ache. Susie looked around in a panic. She glanced down at the water and then over at her frozen brother, who was starting to be carried off by the crew. She took a long breath to calm herself. The smell of salt carried in the misty breeze. It hit her. The salt of the earth! Wait! she called back to the captain. Captain Drake stopped and turned to face her. Be quick! That's my twin brother, she said, nodding to Sawyer. I don't want him lost in your piles of treasure. At least let him be tossed overboard with us. Please. Susie, Grandpa said in disbelief. What are you, crazy? Susie ignored him. Captain Drake played with one of his coin earrings. Your twin brother, you say? That's right. Hmm. Ah, she can have him. Drake waved to his men. Let em sink together for all I care. Surprised, the curly-haired mate heaved Sawyer onto the edge of the ship. Drop that boy and it'll be the last thing you ever do, came a voice from above. Everyone looked up to see Dante, standing on a small crossbeam high up on the mast. Sunlight glinted off the sword in his gloved hand. Dante? Drake called up to him, squinting in the sun. Come to give me a proper send-off, did ya? Dante slid down a rope and landed in front of the captain with a thud. You could say that, Francis. Don't call me that, Drake spat. I should have known you'd be tying yourself up in Globetrotter business again. You can't help yourself. Dante shrugged. What can I say? It's a lifelong calling, mate. One that you turned your back on. The captain chuckled. Is that right? I've let you get away with this for far too long, Francis. I'm not letting you leave with the artifacts. Not this time. Your travels end here. Captain Drake looked at his curly-haired crewmate. Drop him! At the order, the man dropped the net and pushed Sawyer overboard. Splash! No! Dante yelled. He drew his sword and went to run to their rescue, but Drake stepped in front of him and swung his sword. The captain grinned. Well, are you a man of your word or not? Let's sever the tie once and for all. Grandpa and Susie struggled in the net underwater, Susie biting at the rope and Grandpa trying to untie the knot at the top. Nearby, Sawyer's stiff body was gently sinking, tiny bubbles covering him from head to toe. Susie could feel her chest aching for air. She hadn't taken a deep enough breath before they were dropped. Panicking, she looked at her brother. Tiny bubbles fizzled around Sawyer until Susie and Grandpa couldn't even see him anymore. The bubbles rose in a column and gurgled on the surface. Susie stared at the bubbles, horrified. Maybe she was wrong. Suddenly, a hand sprang out from the bubbles and grabbed onto the net. Susie and Grandpa jerked back. Another hand grabbed onto the net, and Sawyer, awake and alert, swam out from the bubbles. Without wasting another second, Sawyer swam to the top of the net and pulled a pocket knife from his back pocket. Cutting feverishly, he sawed through the knot. One more hard cut, and snap, the knot split apart, making the net drift away around them. In a frenzy, the three of them swam for the surface. When their faces splashed above the water, they coughed and gasped for air. Treading water, they slowly looked at each other. How in the world? Grandpa said, amazed beyond words. Sawyer, you did it! Susie laughed. I know, I know, Sawyer said, wiping water out of his eyes. Did you see how I just swam out of those bubbles and was like, and I was like a merman ninja? Nice to have you back, Grandpa said with a smile. It's good to be back. and to move my arms again. Oh man, it was killing me having them stuck like that. Uh, Sawyer? Susie pointed to her face. You got a little something going on there. What? Sawyer hadn't realized it, but in between each sentence his face resorted back to the gaping frown he'd been wearing all day. Susie, what is it? His mouth drooped open again. "Eh, We'll worry about that later, Grandpa said. Come on, let's break the tiller of that last ship and get out of here. They swam for the captain's black ship and quietly snuck on board. Back on the green ship, the crew stomped and chanted as their captain and Dante clashed on deck. Ho ho, stomp stomp. Ho ho, stomp stomp. Ho ho, stomp stomp. The two men whirled their swords around and around, striking, blocking, lunging. One impatient crewman charged Dante from behind and brought his sword down. Dante reached back and blocked him without even turning. Then, with the spin of the wrist, he threaded his blade into the man's sword handle and plucked it out of his hands. Then, with a lightning-fast swoop, he chopped the man's beard off. Wide-eyed and horrified, the man held his hands up and slowly stepped back into the crowd. The crew around him stepped back as well, continuing their chant. Ho! Ho! Stop! Stop! Ho! Ho! Stop! Stop! Dante spun the man's sword around and thrust it into the deck, then slowly looked back at the captain. Captain Drake laughed. You haven't lost your touch, Dante. Anything less and I'd be disappointed. The two men clashed swords again. You won't get anywhere with those artifacts, Drake, Dante said, spinning and jabbing as he spoke. Not far, at least. I'd rather see them at the bottom of the ocean than in your hands. Drake kicked Dante away and cut down with his sword, nearly slashing Dante's face. The only thing that'll be at the bottom of the ocean is you. Ho, ho, Stop, stop! Ho, ho, Stop, stop! Back at the abandoned black ship, Sawyer and Susie were trying to help break the tiller while Grandpa leaned against some boxes to rest his aching back. Without Grandpa's wheelchair saw, the twins were having to use a mini treasure chest as a battery ram. How were you able to think so quickly back there? Grandpa asked Sawyer, watching them shove the chest into the tiller and making it crack. I was awake the whole time. I just couldn't say anything. Arr! They smashed the chest into the beam and it split some more. Grandpa raised his eyebrows, impressed. So you were ready to reach back for your knife as soon as you became unfrozen? Basically, it's a good thing I keep it on me at all times. It's uh, the one you gave me. Is it now? Yep. Sawyer paused and then said, So you think I blab your ears off, huh? Susie and Grandpa exchanged an awkward look. Well... Grandpa scratched the back of his neck. Blabbing is kind of a harsh word. What I meant to say was, I'm just messing with you, Gramps. I know I talk a lot. It's all good. We'd have you no other way, Susie said, shooting him a smile. Grandpa turned to Susie. And how exactly did you know that being tossed overboard was going to fix him, Missy? That was a pretty bold move back there. Sawyer's sporadic, gaping frown sagged a little more when he considered that. How did you know? You basically told them to feed me to the sharks. Susie looked away uncomfortably. Um, I didn't really, but I did notice your tongue wiggle a little when Grandpa put a whole pack of pretzels in your mouth, so I thought, nothing's more salty than the ocean, right? It's literally the salt of the earth? Oh, not bad, sis, not bad. One more shove, and crap, the tiller split apart. Excellent, Grandpa said. Now help me get back to the jet. What about your wheelchair, Gramps? Sawyer asked. There are too many men to chance it. We need to get you two home. Come on, you'll have to help me. Grandpa put one arm around each of the twins' shoulders, and they snuck out of the ship and headed for the docks. As they neared the end of the ramp, a big fat crow swooped in and perched itself on a post. They stopped and watched it tilt its head at them. Shh, shh shh shh. Good bird, that's it. Nice and quiet, Grandpa said, glancing nervously between the crow and the commotion coming from the nearby ship. The stomps and chants from the crew echoed through the harbor. Grandpa and the twins carefully tiptoed by the bird. Just then, the crow squawked. No, 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 Shhh, Sawyer insisted. Polly want a cracker, huh? You look like you've had a few crackers. Here, Gramps, hand me some of your pretzels. You guys use them all, Grandpa huffed. The crow squawked again and again and again. Its screeches filled the air, and little by little, the crewmates started looking down at them. Even Dante and Captain Drake came to see what all the noise was about. Impossible, the captain roared. Dante was grinning. They're trying to get away, one of the crewmen shouted. The entire crew came pouring out of the ship after them. Hurry, Susie cried. She and Sawyer tried to help Grandpa limp back to the jet, but the pursuing men were too fast. They were almost to them. I'm sorry, Grandpa grunted. I can't go any faster. Crack! The air split, and in a flash of light, an older woman appeared right next to them, dressed in samurai armor and holding a samurai sword. A globe was poking out of her chest plate and slowly spinning to a stop. Grandma? the twins shouted. The men fell back at the sudden appearance of the woman. Grab on to me, Grandma said, giving the globe a little spin. Take us home, please, she said to the globe, and at the request, a destination glowed on its surface. Sawyer and Susie dragged Grandpa back towards her as the henchmen attacked, Grandma fought them off with her sword. Sometime today would be nice! Grandpa, Sawyer, and Susie grabbed onto Grandma's shoulder, just in time for her to touch the globe. They plopped onto the couch in Grandma and Grandpa's living room. Thanks, Shelley. Grandpa sighed, catching his breath. Grandma tossed the sword to the floor with a loud clank and leaned back against the cushions. Yeah, well, lucky for you, you're terrible at hanging up your phone. I heard everything that was happening, and it's a good thing I put a tracker in that chair, which you lost, by the way. She smacked Grandpa's shoulder. Hey, I'm sorry, okay? Things got a little out of hand. I'd say, came a voice next to them, They turned to see Dante reclined at the end of the couch with his arms behind his head. Sawyer's mouth fell into another gaping frown. Dante smiled. Nice place! Back in the harbor, Captain Drake stormed into his captain's quarters, cursing under his breath. He reached for the upside-down globe beside his desk and gave it a spin. As he did, three mates... Two men and a heavy set woman came running in. They were sopping wet. They've they've cut the tillers, sir, one of the men said out of breath. Captain Drake slowly turned to look at them, sweat dripping down his face, his eyes white with fury. What did you say? The tillers, sir. They're all broken. The captain turned back around, huffing with anger. He glared at the spinning globe, and then with a roar, he hit it off its stand. Dante! Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that two-part episode of Grandpa's Globe. I don't know about you, but I love stories with pirates. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love pirates? I want to take a second to give a shout-out to a couple Grandpa's Globe fans out there. Jacob and Ari from Toronto, Canada. hey Thank you guys for listening. I hope you liked that episode. And Rocketeers, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll have more Grandpa's Globe coming your way. I'm excited to show you how Season 2 of Grandpa's Globe is going to end. I've got some fun things in store, so stay tuned. Till next time, Rocketeers. This is your host, Greg Webb.